namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa uddhang dhammang sanghang namasami so a couple of things that uh, often come come to me in various ways, kind of questions or it seems to be things that we often find ourselves <clears throat> tangling with is where, do, where, where does stillness come in? Where do we find a sort of stillness, quietness, or inner balance in our lives, lots of activities and things to do and then also when you find a stillness what's right action? how about some activity? what do you do? do you just sit here and watch everything? what are you supposed to do? what's right response? I think it's, it's also to me it's quite interesting to recognize those uh, there seem to be such natural questions because there's a need for both of them. They're not like uh, f- formulas, they're not like slogans. You know, we want stillness, we want stillness that you learn as a, as a kid, you know, kind of political slogans or, or beliefs and such. But some kind of innate feeling or need, you know, you can't, you can't get, you can't be living right until you've found some place where there's a sense of balance, stillness, centrality, quietness, you know, quality, you're not just ricocheting around. And also there's some sense of, well, do something, you know, uh, do something or feel, you know, react, respond, you know, there's things happening in this realm. Uh, so what's the right response to that? And I think these particular, uh, you know, quite natural inclinations find all kinds of religious and political, social, individual expressions. What what we do? Yeah. Sometimes our search for stillness is to find, you know, the right place where we're settled down. You know, when we feel settled, got our right place, our people, our home, our family, our pursuit, whatever it is, right, you know, yeah, that's my center, I feel comfortable because I've got that kind of axis in life, and uh, of course, uh, you know, on that level, yeah, but you recognize it's, it's quite, yeah, there's a lot of work <laughs> to do that, and, uh, you know, it's still quite fraught because, you know, it's actually, you can't have it, you can't own it your place in the world, so it's always being challenged by natural forces of you know, decay and uh, incidents and what the planet can offer and what's, what the society is about, so it's always you know, placed on, the, on a kind of conventional level on the planet, it's something that's never that still, you know, because you can't own it, you can't have it, you can't keep it, mm. so you can't actually provide that. Uh, that can provide a place where you can uh, learn a lot about where stillness is and where action is. Hmm. Yeah. They actually go together, don't they? You know, in the end. 
you find your sense of stillness eventually becomes a kind of quality of, of non-attachment or non-aversion, non-reactivity, spaciousness, dispassion, kindness. You know, you've got some kind of value that really becomes your center, occupies your center. Uh, you know, you feel all right. I'm with that, and then I can, I can, you know, let the let the sort of see the world from this position, or see my situation from this particular place or this sense and then in a way I kind of start to to um, you know where that meets the world of events and activities that's where one gets into specific actions you know service and support and friendship and uh, relinquishing things and letting go of things and determining things and resolving things and plugging away at things because you know you keep your they come from your center center of that which supports uh, you know one's value I mean, kindness or um, steadiness or generosity or a whole kind of range of things actually but in, in certainly in, in Buddhist practice we we place a lot uh, you know right at the core of it a lot of it is just non-attachment which sounds like nothing much really a little kind of bit of space of, of emptiness, of letting go and, and around that other values tend to cluster that's because there's a, a sense of uh, I'm not here to grab and hold and have and make and do but there's a kind of inner freedom right in the centre of one's life then because of that there's a sense of here's where I, I let go a bit because I'm not here to grab hold here's where, I, here's where generosity occurs because I can, I'm not here to... to um, to hoard or things of this nature, so you see values start to kind of constellate out of out of this inner space. Mm. I think it's important to to trust and allow that yeah. <clears throat> where that occurs. <clears throat> it seems that certainly <clears throat> I notice. I've noticed in myself and in others in the world in general it's easy to just uh, adopt attitudes you know it's kind of knee-jerk responses you know, comes up with a kind of slogan of some kind you know so I think when I start when I started meditating even before that you know you've got your list of slogans well it could be things like you know find your own way or you've got to do what man's got to do, what man's got to do, <laughs> something like that. You know, independence, your know, uniqueness, your independence, your right to freedom. Yeah, that sounds right. And you can other one which is well, communal responsibility. Yeah, that sounds right. You know, and then there could be, uh, you know, things like, uh, like uh, letting go could be one thing. Yeah, letting go sounds right. And then. Um, um, Affirmation, you know, self-affirmation. Yeah, that sounds true. Um, fair, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and then uh, devotion, rather than fair. Surrender, yeah, that's a good one. And so on. So you you kind of find your, that your mind can just juggle around these particular slogans. Yeah. What are we here for? We're we here for unconditioned freedom of the mind. You know. Right. What are we here for? We're here to, um, you know, to 
um, spread blessings into the community. Yeah, so it's good. We're here to work out our karma. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're here to, <laughs> you know, so one can have a whole kind of range of these things. They're all true. <laughs> yeah, but I think what what um, it, to me because there's so many of them, and they're often in conflict with each other. So people can sometimes come up with one slogan. You know, you're not supposed to be just just kind of knuckling under to a dumb sense of duty, right? Yeah, right. So you can have that kind of slogan in that mitz by, but we're supposed to be really responsible. That's another one, you know. So you kind of think, well, actually, what's going on? <laughs> you know, why do these why do these terms come up? Why does one's mind reach for these things so suddenly? Yeah. Yeah. So quite a lot of practices are just about, to my mind, is actually just noticing when the attitude comes up, the kind of slight tension or rising. You know, what, what's that about? Some feeling of justification or, or you know, like um, bidding or even defending, you know, or something of that nature. Yeah, these things come up. And so we can learn quite a lot from just uh, about attitudes by not, by not having an attitude. <laughs> Trying not to have an attitude. Because <laughs> it's impossible. Because <laughs> that becomes an attitude. But, I mean, in other words, just that sense of noticing one's, the attitudes that, that can come up in the mind and how they, how they, where they come from, the welling up of these things. I don't know if you when I was it doesn't happen so much now actually but uh, (laughs) when I first uh, started doing a lot of meditation practice if you're doing it for a long period of time you know for hours at a time days at a time and I'd get to a level which the, the Dhamma talks started happening. You know, I'd get these kind of ongoing Dhamma talks and I was telling myself where it was going to be or should be or really, you know, it was like a kind of attitude enhancement <laughs> experience. Just cut through, just cut through. You know, you know you have the cut through attitude, just cut through, cut through. And you have the... Uh, just hold, hold it gently attitudes, you know, hold it gently, you know, cut through it, hold it gently, you know, cut, cut, hold, you know. <laughs> wholeness is the way, no, no, cutting through is the way. <laughs> and so you kind of get these whole little mini sermons occurring in the mind, thinking, why, why am I trying to, who am I talking to, you know, why am I trying to convince myself? <laughs> and you can see these, it's, the meditation often just shows how out of control some of this stuff is. It starts happening. There's no need for it. You know, if you know it, why do you have to say it to yourself? If you don't know it, then how can you say it? So where does it come from? You know? And it's just kind of like um, the mind uh, some, trying to come up with something from the head to fill up 
this space, this emotional space of uh, what's going on, uh, you know, what's going on? <laughs> Don't know. Or, or the welling up in the emotional sense, like a sense of uh, wanting to do, or wanting to have, or wanting to to uh, make things right or good, or wanting to find happiness, or want to find security, you know. Wanting to do something, wanting to get to the right place, wanting to get out of it all, wanting to find something so you could just, this is it, oh, tell them straight, you know. I've really told quite a few people off in my, in my walking meditation, I've set people straight, left, right and centre. And the thing is, once you've actually set someone straight in your mind, you're like, that's all I tell you, next time, I'm like, you don't understand any more of that, right? Then you go and meet them, and it, 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 it's not there. The person I was talking to in my head isn't there. And you're just ready to give them this straight line about how it should be, and damn it, he's not doing it anymore. You know, suddenly the person isn't there that when you've got this kind of whole line ready for, or the situation isn't there that you had this whole strategy planned for, how you're going to cope with it and sort it out. It isn't there. So, you know, it seems much of the these kind of creative activity of the of the mind is just about. Uh, trying to feel secure, trying to go be prepared, uh, you know, to have your army armor on, or to have your equipment ready, or your tools, or your whatever, you know, to meet things, get prepared for it, and then it isn't actually there, or it's somewhere, and that becomes very interesting, isn't it? Where do all these people live? Who are you going to set straight? <laughs> where is the world that one's going to save or put right? And where is it? And what is it? It's, uh, so this is the the more I contemplate that, however it manifests, there's this kind of unresolved residues in the heart of um, feeling uncomfortable, feeling some distress, feeling a bit irritated, feeling hearing bad news, feeling worried, um, concerned, you know, feeling powerless, feeling let down, you know, feeling. Uh, Joyful, you know, sort of do something, put something out there. So it's not negative stuff, but it's just this kind of heart karma or heart creativity, which uh, is, is sort of unresolved creative forces, mm. sankharas, they call chitta sankharas, the perceptions of oneself, the perceptions of others perceptions of whole generic situations of the world, the country, you know, Buddhism, 
you know, ethnic groups, gender issues, you know, these kind of generic perceptual things that, that occur. You know, and with, with, their, with their various tones and flavors, concerns, interests, fondness, irritations, you know, disappointments, you know, kind of the territory of the heart. And then it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that's there and, and uh, it's ready to be presented or, or diffused over in our daily life, dealing with kind of projections. And you can notice how you know, when, when, you, when these, some of these fundamental project, fundamental uh, kind of tones, like a sense of um, you know, not getting enough, sometimes it's like that, just the feeling of never getting one's say, or never getting enough, never having one's place, never feeling accepted or right or welcomed. Or it could be something like always having too much, you know, just overwhelmed, so much going on. Some of these kind of fundamental colorings that can be happening. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, something comes up that touches one of those and your mind just picks on it and hammers away at it. You know, there it is again. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you get something that touches one of those, one of those meanings, one little specific point, you know, and then your mind picks it up and hammers away, look, so I told you so, there he's doing it again, you know, it's like they always do. <laughs> you know, wow, that's really, and it can be, in, in monastic life, it can be quite, quite revealing, because often the, the specific things are quite relatively small, you know, it's like violence, like physical violence, um, you know, speech restraint, all kinds of precepts things, and things is just keeping things pretty low level in one way. And yet the intensity which you can feel, oh, there you are, people let you down again. <laughs> uh, somebody turns up late, you know. I've always got to do all the work here, kind of thing. Or I never get consulted, or something like that, you know. And the intensity with that's felt over things that perhaps weren't brilliant or that good. And yet, you know, wow. So, and begins to kind of recognize this, this creative quality of the of the mind to to, to both you know to, to seize upon particular flavorings in, in life and actually intensify them sankara and of course it can be this infatuations can't it things we uh, projects or ideas get infatuated by mm. sensual things sometimes I get infatuated with my mind or come up with some idea when I meditate. all my best, all my really great ideas occur when I'm trying to quiet down my mind down I was like, wow, that's really great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting. 
And then you maybe think, all right, I'll write it down, look at day day think, well, that's nothing much. <laughs> Just <laughs> if we used to do this, and and when in the, my student days, when people take psychedelics, and they'd have some kind of big realization, they say, "Hey, man, you know, the answer really, you know, it's really, it's, it's like, like it's like um, love is all." <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Some really, really banal, obvious thing. They think this is a great idea. I write it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's heavy. That's really good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And because it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not these, not really the psychedelics that do it. It's the mind that does it. You get something. Uh, just the need the, that that kind of grasping and a, a creating something and, and uh, holding on to it because somehow it gives us a sense of conviction even if the conviction is a negative one you know like I told you they were a rotten lot now I feel safe now I feel satisfied I told you they were a rotten lot <laughs> you know the sense of the when, this, when this, this heart energy comes up and it catches hold, and you feel you're convinced by it. Then, in some way, you've got your ground. You know where you stand, uh, and you found your centre. You're sending resentment. You know, there it is. Uh, anyway, you know, so it comes like you've just got to do it for yourself. Nobody's going to help you. That's it. Got it. You found attitude and plastered attitude over that that funny empty space. You've got attitude and stuck it in there, and then it feels solid. This is the sankara, creative instinct. It comes up to fill up the space. Mm. So finding, finding, um, and you see, we, we suffer because of that. Because although all of these attitudes got, yeah, some relative truth in them, they're useful at certain occasions the kind of the, the grasping at them the, the seizing of them the brandishing of them <laughs> the brandishing of them and the taking stands upon them and the trumpeting of them you know all the, you know, gives the game away doesn't it <laughs> the, why, why do you need to do that you know what do you know? You know? Just do you feel good? And so, you know, generally, when one's doing that, some kind of attitude or another is taking over, you know, I, I feel not so good. I feel kind of good in a way, in a sort of slightly heightened way, you know. But then also start to feel a bit um, hard, um, hard around the edges, um, slightly tense. You know, tight. I don't feel so spacious. I don't feel like I'm not listening very well. Yeah. I'm walking into situations with answers already there before they've arisen. I'm not actually open and fresh to the situation. I've already got my little mottos um, at hand. And I, I don't trust it. I've done enough of it to see the... the um, dissatisfaction and the 
pain and the uh, misunderstandings that occur. Generally, for myself, it's more valuable just to not know, be open and listen, see what what comes up out of that. It's kind of scary in some ways. Uh, Particularly, I recognize why one, my mind, you know, not just mine, but people's minds do these, have all this stuff going on. Because the the heart, unless you, the non-attachment is actually quite difficult to bear with. You know, if you, it means you, you know, if you don't have a kind of a, some crust, some some hard lines, you feel a bit vulnerable. You know, and. Uh, um, raw even and, and formless and threatened sometimes you know, there's a lot of he- people charging around with some heavy lines and, and uh, manipulating and doing all kinds of numbers on each other if you haven't got your tackle ready to you know you can get pushed around run over danced around with. so the, you know we come up with a kind of uh, the our, our own tools and systems. So the mind just produces them. In fact, we doesn't, I notice we don't have a choice about it, really. Non-attachment isn't just a nice idea. It requires a, a capacity for it. Stillness requires capacity. You have to develop the capacity to do it because um, the mind normally, when it, until that's developed, it's like any other kind of instinct. As soon as it starts to feel threat, alarm, panic, overwhelm, it comes up with the stuff, you know, prickles, bristles, or it collapses, or something like that. It comes up with attitudes of some kind. Caving attitudes, or just put up with it, be meek, and let it, you know, or fight back attitudes, or whatever. But it's someone like a. Um, as instinctual as, as goose pimples, you know, something the mind has to defend its its uh, its softness, its its uh, tenderness, its sensitivity, because it is a it's essentially it's a sensitive, emotive, resonant feeling kind of experience down there, and uh, you know it's difficult to, to really stay uh, from being overwhelmed. Or, you know. So that so that though non-attachment is, is the often needs a lot of um, safety and um, support. So generally, we develop it beginning developing in meditation when there's nothing to do. You know, nobody's on your case. You're just on your own. Sort of sense of getting that going. Um, even then, it'd be pretty difficult. But developing the capacity for it is really understanding you know, this sankhara, this creative force in the heart, the emotive force, the reactive force, the, the, the panic, the anxiety, the uh, hunger for you know, food, for warmth, for affection, for success, for the good juice to flow, you know, those kinds of things. It's seeking to, to provide that. And... Uh, so, you know, this is, this is the sankhara, the citta sankhara. It's looking for meaning, value, worth, 
feeling, pleasant feeling, or however that's going to come. So, so in, in a way, to first of all, just to kind of hold it in check, to still it, is not really something you can just do by just looking at it. You know, so non-attachment is just oh, there it is. Doesn't seem to work. You know, you can look at it. It, it still it just panics. Um, or you go get kind of numb. So my, certainly my first few years of doing meditation, you know, there was so much stuff in my in my mind and heart going on, scrambling, screaming, you know, struggling, everything going on. I was trying to just watch it all. I get into this sort of you know numb state where my mind just pushed me into a corner. <coughs> And I was almost in the corner of the universe with my mind running around filling up the rest of it and I've got this one little spot just watching it all this <laughs> 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 mind like a kind of wild elephant trunk <laughs> careening around I'm like oh. <laughs> and I'm watching you <laughs> you you can stop it now <laughs> See, it didn't seem to work, you know. So I got <laughs> tendency to be just to kind of get more and more withdrawn to a sort of emotionally autistic <laughs> state. <laughs> oh, this doesn't feel very good, you know. It's meditation about emotional autism, you know. <laughs> is that is that is this what nirvana is? <laughs> it's, because that didn't it seemed like, well, in a way, the suffering kind of diminished, but then it was a bit grim living like that. So, although as an idea, you know, meditation is the way and mindfulness is the way is very good, you know, but, but as a practice as well, yeah, but I could use a little bit of a, a few more rungs on the ladder there, you know, that one's a bit bigger step to make. I'm going to get there, but I could do a bit more intervening stages. <laughs> and this is where things like just, you know, being with people, listening, being listened to, uh, working together, uh, doing stuff like that, sweeping the floor, you know. <laughs> I like, really like sweeping floors. Because uh, it, it gives you a sense of which you, your, 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 your creative energy is doing something, you know. You're kind of channeling it and siphoning it, and and uh, you can kind of almost be with people in the way you share and you listen and you, you know, and that that seems to be a way of kind of taking some of the the, the tension uh, and the and the rigidity out of one's responses, you know, to either blasting away on it or trying to shut it all down but trying to moderate and, and flow in a living situation seems really absolutely necessary I found at least of myself and the thing I could actually start to get a, to get a really feeling for was well I can serve you know that's nice I can you know, chant you know I can chant I can help out I can things like that not because anybody particularly wants me to or, or if they do or don't it's their issue but but yeah so I can actually put that energy into something 
that uh, it does no harm and, uh, and it takes the pressure off and there's some joy in it and some generosity and some warmth in it yeah, I can do that, it feels good yeah. and one can do these things mindfully of course well, try <coughs> you know, a step at a time and certainly, you know, one, I think one of the great boons of, of what I found in, in monastic life, particularly as it was some time ago, is it was very earthy, actually. It was pretty much like, um, you know, buildings and painting and, and, and sewing, actually doing physical things. And that meant it bring, bringing it into the body much more than up in my head. I didn't have a lot of, you know, in, when we were practicing, when I was, came to England, we were living out in uh, Oxfordshire, in this estate in Oxfordshire. And, you know, there wasn't really anything to think about, particularly. There wasn't any great, you know, world problems to solve or interesting paradoxes to resolve or dialectic to engage in or debate it was mostly just saw the logs how to saw a log yeah. and um, it took me a while to figure out to, the best way to really get a chainsaw going is to switch it on first no matter how many times you pull the handle it doesn't work unless you switch it on that took uh, I wore blisters on my fingers lugging this chainsaw. So, you know, pull it a bit harder, pull it a bit harder, pull it a bit harder. And there's a little on off switch on it. And somebody came along and said, Well, let me just do that. Oh, yeah. It goes. So, read the instructions as we. Simple kind of, you know, motto. Meaning one starts to actually sort of prepare oneself and you're doing something, you, wait a minute, what do we need to do? Step back, not rush to get it done, but check things out, take this time, do things in a mindful way, systematic way. So the creativity is not about you know, get to the end, but to go into the process of doing it, to actually blend into the process of doing it, rather than to get it done. And I found that very helpful. Yeah. It's like, you know, I remember the time trying to tidy up a garden hose. You're putting tools away at the end of the day. It's a big snaky mess of a garden hose. Oh, I'm just going to grab it. Get it away. You know? And it just snakes and falls all over the place. So he's frustrated. I'm trying to tidy this thing up. Get it away. And you realize it's not going to do that. It is a garden hose. So you've actually got to get it and slowly wind it around something. You know, that's the only, it's not going to, it doesn't respond to one's impatience at all. It's completely <laughs> remorse, you know, remor- relentless and remorseless. It will only <laughs> operate in a certain way and it's not going to give an inch. <laughs> you've got to do the giving. It means you've got to actually cut the habit of I don't get this done so I can get on to the next bit into how does this get done? You know, and be with that 
and then the impatience and the tensions and the and just relax. Be with that. You know, be in it. Be in process. And that, you know, and somehow that being in process, even, you know, you, things work out. Because in garden hoses, even they're relatively simple compared with human beings. When you're trying to tidy up a human being, <laughs> it's not like even more than a garden hose. Or try to, you know, establish a, a sangha. It's, it's, it just blows out all the attitudes to be in, in process where you don't know what what you know what the goal is you know. finally you know somewhere you just is the goal to transform everyone into into buddhas make everyone into monks or nuns is it to what is it you know because it's like you know when everyone comes in with this idea of of what what it should be like or how you're going to get there it, it's like you don't actually enter the process of it so there's the feeling of trying to manage it, make it work, get to the end, get the result that you're supposed to have that will be called success or things are okay. And then it'll be all right. Then we'll find, that's it. Oh, now we've got it. Stop. Now the stillness. The stillness comes at the end of the action, doesn't it? But actually the stillness comes at the beginning of the action. Yeah, stillness doesn't come at the end of the action. Stillness comes right at the beginning of it, right in the centre of it. It's there in the action. It's the kind of very heart of the action is the stillness. And this seems, yeah, you know, which I think just kind of recognising that becomes more important. In other words, one doesn't finally, at the end of it, find the fixed position through sorting everything out get to that place where now we've got it, it's all right. It doesn't happen that way. It's either all right now, <laughs> you know, with its, its uncertainty and its don't know how it's going to work and one's accepted the anxiety and really relaxed that and the, um, all the paradigms of uncertainty, okay, and find a place where you, you can kind of stop tensing up about them, stop trying to fill them up with some conclusion or some attitude. And then the, actually, in its own way, the heart has the, definitely has the resources and the ability to release the tension. Once you really focus on it, Sometimes, you know, it's a sense of what's called dispassion, which is a little step further than non-attachment, in a way. Dispassion is the ability to, to be spacious around the emotional movements. Movements of emotion, not trying to have one movement or another movement or stop the movement, just to have some space to allow the emotions a place where they can settle. Yeah. You know, so the the creative forces will find when they find the right place, they settle. But they don't find the right place in the future. 
they find the right place to be on time outside of time you kind of can notice what uh, achievement is about like we had the Olympic Games quite recently didn't we and there's always some cup going on being played for World Cup Champions Cup Europeans Cup some of it and the other and then there's this big thing yeah? it's getting down to it they're ready there, there's someone, someone, they've got it and somebody yay he's got it they're the champions they're the champions and a big celebration champagne and, and then you know, that's, a, that's the day then tomorrow this was this is the champion and three days later the champion so. hmm. <laughs> you know if you're if you were the winning team then you've got to make sure it, you do it again next season uh, and so on the, the, the real the kind of that that sense of got there how long how long does it actually last for before that got there becomes a position you've got to defend You find this in its own little way in, in, in you know, monasteries and communities. When is it ever going to get right? When it will ever be the, exactly the right number of people, exactly the right blend, people getting on, you know, support, you know, everything's getting sorted out, places getting tidy, enough donations, things are just ticking along, and, you know, well, you know. It only only ends. It only it's only successful now, isn't it? Really. Uh, when one realizes the whole point of it is to develop dispassion, you know, which isn't boredom or indifference. The ability to feel the currents of, you know, what's around for, for in our human condition. You know. The, the, the affections and the irritations and the, and the defensiveness and the awkwardnesses and the tentative and the demanding. You know. Sense that without having to clamp up, without having to tense up around it, without having to shut down. And that requires quite a lot of capacity. Mm-hmm. Some things that are helpful are, are just being able to to um, find a sense of developing mindfulness through what one one's activities, um, developing a base of of good feeling. You know that one has developed kindness or generosity or um, forgiveness. Uh, one has developed the ability to listen. So those things become kind of grounds that you can rest on. And he's got swept into into resentment or bitterness or, or fearfulness or you know, some of these terrible things that can occur to, to the human mind. Mm. 
there seems quite a lot of uh, um, energy of this kind can just be resolved just in the in the sitting meditation just by referring to the bodily sense. That's why I do feel it's very important to develop the, almost like a physical capacity to hold, to be with these the emotional intensities that can that occur. You know, and it's not you know, a muscle thing, but it's like the quality of one's bodily energy to, to be open and clear enough to just channel you know, things that, that occur. So you don't get the sense of shock or clamping up. Body, heart, thinking, all stem from the same source, or take it, or derive from the same source. So when we find our, our brains are pumping away, then wait a minute, what's what's the mood? You know, mm, can we can we find that in the spaces between the thoughts, or can you even feel in in the thought process what's the what's what's happening here? You know. The, the panic, the need to get one's bit in, need to create one's territory, the need to defend, or something of this nature. Wait a minute, what's happening? How does it feel in the body? How does it feel in the heart? So I think just all these, these are all sankharas, the thinking, the heart energy, the body energy, and just recognizing how they all relate to each other and the place where they find their resolution is in dispassion or attachment. Mm. Andamayandam Magathaya Sadhu Karangadama Seh